We begin the Gemara today on the bottom of Daf Tzadik Amit Beis, six lines up from the bottom of the Yomit, where it says, Ton Rabbonon. The Gemara is going to bring a Braise, but it uh, seems like a new subject completely, but it's connected to something that was brought up before here. The opinion of Shimon HaTemani, as we'll see. Ton Rabbonon, we learn in a Braise the following Allah, Shertam Shehemis, a shertam that killed someone. So let me remind you what we learned in this Masechta earlier about the shertam. The shertam is when it gores the first three times and then the Allah is you pay chatzinezek, only half of the damage. And what's more important here for what we're discussing is the collection of that payment comes only from the body of this animal itself that, uh, that caused the damage. It doesn't come from the person's pocket or from any of his other possessions. So this shertam that killed someone and also Behizik, it also damaged. So because it killed someone, and now the Allah of a shirt that killed someone, this shirt itself has to be stoned to death. So we do the judgment regarding this animal that it should be put to death. But the dinimominus that the person that was damaged should be paid now from the body of this animal itself, you can't be down this uh, animal with this. Why? Because if it's going to be killed, so then there's nothing to get paid from, from this animal. It's, it's, it's Asa Bahana, and you have to kill it, and that's it. However, Mu'it is an animal, after the third time, now it's a Mu'it, and now it killed someone, and Vihizik, and this animal also damaged someone. So by a Mu'it, the collection is Nezik Shalem, and you don't pay just from the body of the animal. The person has to pay Mino Aliyah. He pays from the best of his properties or from his own pocket. So Donanoi Sedine Mominus, so first, you, the Bezdom will pass in the halacha of the damage, that he should pay for it, and then and after that, we'll pass in the halacha to, uh, to put this animal to death for the fact that it killed. And the Baraisa says, if they already pass in the halacha regarding the animal, that has to be put to death, after that, you can't anymore pass in that to pay for the damages that this animal caused. And this is even here by the Mu'at even though you're paying out of your pocket. So this is the point the Gemara is going to stop and explain here. Frek the Gemara, but why should we make this distinction regarding the case of the Mu'ad? By the Mu'ad, if first they already passed regarding this animal that has to be put to death, my have Why is there an issue to then afterwards go ahead and paskin regarding this that you have to pay for the damages? After you already paskin that, why can't you come back and now paskin that you have to pay the the damages that you caused? We just explained that the the, the payment for the damages comes from your pocket. So it doesn't make a difference the fact that this animal now has to be put to death and this animal itself is also bad. No, the payment is not coming from the animal. The payment is coming anyways from your pocket. So what difference does it make if you're already passing the dinah in the fashas before or not? No, no, no. No, come live with the rabbin. Yeah, talking here about the shayr, exactly. <laughs> so the Gemara answers, Omar Rove, or another gears over here is Omar Rabe. Now this is based on Halacha that we learned before here. I encountered the students in the Bismadrish and the Yeshiva, the Yasvi, the Kaomri, and they were sitting and they explained the Halacha of this Braise as follows. The Halacha that it says in this Braise is following the opinion that we mentioned before, Shimon Atimani. The Omar, what did he say? He said as follows. And the Torah brought before the Pasik when it speaks about a person that uh, damages someone or her, injures someone, Taylor uses the words, that he either threw a rock at him, or with, a, with his fist, he punched him. So he asked the question before, why does it have to say separately in the Taylor, the fist? And so Shimon Atimani explained, 
Ma egroif miyuchad shemosel leedim. Just like when it comes to a fist, this is the hand of the person himself that caused this injury. You can bring him himself into the bezdin and now evaluate his fist if it was strong enough to cause this injury. So it's not enough that the edim could estimate this. The bezdin themselves has to be able to see and estimate this. So the same thing he says is regarding any kind of uh, object that was used to cause an injury or a damage. The bezdin has to be able to estimate this. So what do we see from this halacha of Shimon HaTimani? That the Bezdin itself has to be able to estimate the damage that was caused by whatever it is. In this case, it's a person, it's his fist, or it's the rock that he threw. And the Gemara understands that it's the same thing. When you get to a shirt, that's mazik. When a shirt is mazik, and you're going to be mechaiv, the bala shirt to pay for this, you have to be able to estimate the ox itself to see is it with its horns, is, is it able to cause this damage? So since now, so, so what do we understand from this? Since you need this the bezin to be able to estimate this now, vaha over here, this animal, if it killed someone, and you have to paskin that, that this animal is chayiv misa, kiven the gama dinah leketala. If you're gonna first paskin that this animal has to be put to death, then you're not gonna be able to then wait and make another dinteira for the dinah mominus because loy mashinin leilo umdene the beidina. We're not going to wait with this animal after it was already paskin that has to be stoned to death to now use it to estimate to see whether the other damage that it did, whether it's, it could have done that damage or not. <coughs> and the ledine. We don't uh, allow the pain over here to remain that the animal shouldn't be put to death right away. So therefore the Bryce said that in such a case, you first have to paskin <coughs> the dine mominus and, so and Bezn will estimate how much that is. And then afterwards, you pass the dinin and fashus and you put it to death right away. But the other way around, you can't do it. <laughs> Salah is interesting because the source of this concept that you're not ma'anes adin, that you have to put to death right away, really it comes from Allah that says, to the chi of skilo or any chi of misa that there is by a person, that once you pass in a halacha, you don't wait, you have to give it right away. And by an animal, really, it's not the reason of it. It's not shaykh because he has no feelings. It's, it, it, in the same way, the way it is by a person, he's not aware of the psaktin that, that, that there was. That he, but nevertheless, there's a limo that the Gemara brings in other places that kemisas hashar, the misas habaylam, that it's, we compare the two. Just like by a person, chiv misa has to be fulfilled right away. It's the same thing also with an animal. So that's why this is the order that the Braissa says has to be done. What's that was the pshat. What's the story by the, by the tam that it can't do the chiv because it doesn't make a difference what, what you do first and what you do second over there. Over there, you have to give the person that got the damage from the behemoth itself. But the behemoth itself, you're going to have to give it a chiv misa. So he's going to get something and he gets nothing from it. Because anyways, Bezdin is right afterwards going to pass in that it's chiv misa and it's asa no. So what is he getting? It doesn't make a difference what comes in. Over there, he's going to get nothing. says And I told the students that said this pshat, that you're saying this pshat all according to Reb Shimon Atimani. Now, he was the one that said that the Bezdin itself has to estimate whether the, the, this ox could damage or not. But we brought it already before here. The Braise said that Rabbi Kiva disagrees with that. Rabbi Kiva says Bezdin doesn't have to have the ability to estimate this. Bezdin relies on the Edim. They see it. They know. They testify to Bezdin. Bezdin themselves does not have to estimate this at all. So he says, I told them, I feel the Rabbi Kiva. This Braise here could even be following Rabbi Kiva's opinion. Ay, what's the shot over here? Why is the Bryce saying that by the Shara Mu'ad, first it should be done Dine Mominus and only afterwards Dine Nefashis? Why not the opposite? So Rabbi says, the case in this Bryce is Kagoin Shabarach, where the person ran away. Person ran away, and therefore now you can't pass Kenadin if he's not here. That's, those are the words that Rabbi said. Barach. 
he ran away. Now, obviously, this answer that Rabbi says that the person runs away, it's not understood what he means to say. The Gemara is going to explain now what Rabbi really meant to say. Because obviously, if the person just ran away, there's nothing to paskin over here. You're telling me that the case of this Brais over here is that this person ran away. So, even if you didn't paskin any Dine Nefoshes, how are you paskining Dine Mominus? The Brais said there's a certain order how it should be done. First Dine Mominus and then Dine Nefoshes, not the other way around. So what are you explaining? He ran away and that is explaining the order. What do you mean order? If he, he ran away, you can't, do, you can't paskin anything. You don't paskin a Din if the owner of this animal is not there and present in the Vezdin. Mm-hmm. Answers the Gemara, no, the case of here is he ran away, but he only ran away after the Bezdin already paskin. The Kabul Sadi, that he was here in the Bezdin, and there were the witnesses that came and said the Eidos about the fact that his ox gored and killed a person, his ox gored and uh, also caused the damage. He was, so he was there by the Dintaita, so we could paskin about this. But then afterwards, Ubarach, then he ran away. Right, and he, he, not, he ran away after the Psak Din, and Rashi says another important point there for what the Gemara means, and he, there's, there's no money that he left behind him. He didn't stop run away. He ran away, and he took all of his possessions or whatever. Just, he left no money behind him to, uh, to, to pay up. So therefore, you can't pass him that he should pay. Okay, so what the Gemara still asks, that this doesn't explain what Rabbi meant to say, because Sof Sof, if that's the case, if this person ran away, so Meheich Mishtalim, how, uh, how uh, is, 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 is there any payment over here? So it really doesn't explain what, what did Rabbi mean to say. Again, the, the Bryce says there's a difference if there's first Dine Mominus and then Dine Nefoshis or in the opposite order. But the question basically <laughs> still remains. If he ran away, even if he ran away after they passed the Din, but he left no money behind him. So anyways, there's nothing to pay. So it makes no difference when you're going to try to pass the Dine Mominus. He's not here. So he's not paying anyways. Oh, so the answer is no. This is what Rabbi meant. He ran away. There's nothing that he left behind him to pay besides one thing he left behind him, the actual ox itself he left there. That ox he left, and therefore, Miridia, you can get the payment from this ox itself if we do plowing in the field. And therefore, the pshat that is, what this Braise is saying over here is that, that this explains now what Rabbi meant to say, the order of how you have to paskin the halacha. You have to fa- paskin first the dinah mominis and only afterwards the dinah nefashis. Why? Based on what the Gemara said before, that we don't want after you paskin dinah nefashis, you can't <coughs> wait with fulfilling that psaktin. You have to do it right away. So therefore, since this person ran away, and the only thing he left behind that you can get the payment from is this animal itself that's going to do plowing for the person that got damaged. That's how he's going to get his payment. So therefore, first we want to pass in the Dine Mominus. And let's say he's going to have six months of time where he's going to be able to use this animal for the plowing to get the value of his payment that he has to get for his damage. And then afterwards, you can pass in the Dine Nefashis and fulfill that psakdin immediately and stone the animal to death immediately. But if you're going to do it the other way around, you're going to first pass in the din in the fashis, and, and now you have to stone the, the animal to death right away, and then you're going to pass in the din in and the payment could only come from this animal itself, you're not going to be able to give him this animal for now six months to use it for, for this plowing to get paid. That's what the Bryce said, in this case where he ran away and he only left this animal, then you have to pass him first the din in That's what Rabbi meant when he said barach. So now the Gemara goes back to the case of the Tam. Now that we're saying that the case over here is that you have the animal and you can get the payment from the animal. How? From the animal itself that's going to be plowing for the person that got damaged. But if, if so, If so, say the same thing regarding the Tam. 
We said that the payment by the time has to come from the body of the animal itself. Okay, so Ridya, plowing is a payment that's actually coming from the body of the animal itself. So let's apply the exact same halacha regarding the time. First, paskin the dine mominus and let him get paid from using this animal for plowing. And then afterwards, you're paskin the dine nefashis and you'll, put, you'll stone the animal to death. Why is the time any different? <coughs> What this b'raise is teaching here, we comes out, we, we understand the new halacha from this b'raise, the plowing of the animal, that's not considered to be a payment from the body of the animal itself. That's not what the Torah meant. When the Torah says the payment has to be from the body of the animal itself, what it means is you have to sell the animal and, uh, and uh, you divide it and then half of it goes to this nizik. Not uh, the plowing of the animal. The plowing is the work that the animal could do. That's considered to be like payment out of the packet of the of the of the of the mazik. So therefore, over here regarding the tam, that's not an option. <coughs> okay, and Tyson over here explains even if you would want to take the body of the animal itself and uh, you you would want to give it to this nizik, but it, but it, it, that doesn't work either. You're going to give it to him. And then you're going to pass in the din in the fashis, and as soon as you pass in the din in the fashis, you, you have to put it to death right away. It's nothing, it's, it's a, that, that's not going to work. I mentioned before already. The Shiloh was asked, Yesh oimid lenizakin, oyein oimid lenizakin. When Bezin is passing the regarding a damage, does Bezin itself have to estimate the damage? In other words, does Bezin have to estimate the body or the cause of the damage that happened to see whether what caused this damage is able to create this kind of a damage or, or not? Now, the truth is that this halacha, the Gemara already brought before, which we just saw, and before and of Tzadik, the, the, the opinion of Shimon HaTimani. Shimon HaTimani clearly said, we learned this out from the Pasuk, that the Bezin has to estimate the fist, and the same thing, any other object that caused the damage, whether this was able to cause this damage or not. And it's regarding any kind of damage, the same kind of thing. But the Gemara here, the whole discussion here, the one that asked this question wasn't originally aware of this opinion of Shimon Atimani, and he tries to bring many other eyes to this. In the end, the Gemara will bring Shimon Atimani, but the one that asked this wasn't aware of it. Now, the Gemara explains what's the basis of this Shaila. Me, Amirinon, do I say, Likitalo, Hudam Dinon. When one kills someone else, then you have to estimate whether the action that he did was strong enough to be able to kill him. Why? And, the, and what do you have to estimate? With this kind of a, a, if you used one thing, if you used one kind of a tool or whatever it may be, it's able to take a life. And if, if it was something else, it's not able to take a life. That, it says clearly in the Pasuk. Rashi brings, the Pasuk says, That has to be something that you, you see clearly that what he used is able to kill this person. Only then he's going to be Chayiv Misa. So maybe only regarding a Chayiv Misa over here, you have to know if this thing is actually able to kill. Avil and Izakin, Kolduhu. But maybe you could say when it comes to damaging, so a, a, for, to cause an injury or a damage, any kind of utensil, any kind of thing that you'd use, a rack or whatever it may be, sometimes even the smallest thing can cause an injury. That's something that doesn't need any estimation, Bechlal. Or maybe there's no difference. The same, just like regarding estimating whether something could kill, you also have to estimate whether this has the ability to injure this person. Toshim Gemara brings a, a, a raya from the Brais, so we had this beginning earlier in the Masechta, the Brais says as follows, Ma hamis. So when it says in the Torah, that a person digs a boy, so this, uh, the, the, um, 
Mishnah over there mentions it as a boyer and there's a shichin, a mayre, there's Okay, there's different. So, why, why is the Mishnah saying a bird? It's saying a bird to teach you as follows. Just like a bird, a person that falls into a pit, <clears throat> that the pit is deep enough that it can kill the one that falls in. And that's a sarat fachim, ten fachim deep. So, too, you only hide for a bird, or if, you, or if it's a height, or for, it's only ten fachim. If it's, it's less than ten tefachim, and an axe or a, a donkey fell into into it, potter. So if it died, you're going to be a mace that is, and it died, potter. You'll be potter. However, boy, if the donkey, the axe fell in and it was damaged, even less than ten tefachim, then chayiv. Then you will be chayiv. That's the halacha that it says in this b'risa. So the way the Gemara understands this b'risa is as follows. My love, don't you think, what is this b'risa saying? The b'risa just simply says, less than 10 tfachim. And it doesn't say, how much less? Anything less. Says the Gemara, my love, don't you think, that the b'risa is saying less than 10 tfachim, that means from even the least amount, which is even just one tefach, to nine tfachim, whatever amount less than 10 tfachim it may be. That's what he's including over here. And this is what he's saying, from one tefach till, till ten tefachim, not including ten tefachim. So over here, if an animal falls in and dies there, you're not responsible for the death. But but you are responsible for the damage. What do I see from here? We're saying regarding this pit that one tefach, nine tefachim is all considered to be the same thing. So we see it, that when it comes to a damage, it's one tefach, nine tefachim is all the same thing, and you don't have to estimate bechlal. So you see that there's no estimation when it comes to damages. So we see there's no estimation for damages. That's not how you understand that. What the b'raise over there is saying is that ten tefachim is, is, is deep enough that an animal could die, but then less than that, it won't die, but less than that, it's going from nine, eight, seven, you have to come and estimate from nine all the way down to one. This is how you have to understand what the Braise is saying. Asare Misa, if it's 10 fucking deep, the animal will die if it falls there. Misa Ika, that is, it could die, Pachis Masara, but if it's less than 10, Porta, even a drop less than 10, Nizakin Isa, so then the animal could get damaged there, miseleke, but it's not going to die. But it, the price is starting off by just under 10 tfachim, but, but then really working your way then from 9 to 8 to 7, you have to each, each level of how deep it is, you have to estimate and see whether it can cause this damage that happened. Everything, every level of the depth of this bar, you have to see how much uh, the damage that happened there, whether this depth can cause this kind of damage. There's no eye from this price. tries to bring an eye from another price. If you hit a person directly on his eye and you blinded him, or on his ear, and you, you, you made him deaf. So if this is done by an Eved, Eved Yetzir Ben So as we learned already before, that if you knock out an eye or a tooth or you make him deaf, uh, Eved, that's freedom for him. However, this is only if it was directly on his body. But if you banged on a wall or somewhere near his eye and that caused him to become blind, or or near his ear, and because of that he lost his hearing, so you didn't touch him. You just banged somewhere near his eye, so then he doesn't go out free. 
So what's the reason for this distinction? So the Gemara tries to understand like this. My time, what's the reason for this? Don't you think, love, mishom, the being an umdene? Because you have to estimate and see whether the, what you did can cause this damage. And what the Bryce is saying over here is that this is the estimation. That if you bang them on his face itself, on his eye itself, on his ear itself, we estimate that it's your action that was able to cause this blindness or this uh, deafness. So therefore he goes free. But if you bang him on a wall or somewhere else, so that's not really you that caused it. It's this person himself that was weak, in a weak state, or he got startled somehow, and, and it's, it's not, not your action that caused it. So we see over here that you have to estimate this. So I see that even for damages you have to estimate this. Answers the Gemara, no, that's not the Pshat here. There's no Rai from this Braise. Loi, that's not the reason. Rather, the reason there is, Mishum Dambrinon, over there we say that if you didn't touch this person when he got blinded or deaf through what you did, who the Avis Nafshei? So, really, what happened over here is what you did, the action that you did is just considered to be a grama. You cause it, you banged on the wall, and then he got startled by this. So he was in a weak spot, in a weak moment, and he didn't realize what's going on around him. And therefore, it's just, you just are causing it. And therefore, you're going to be putter for the blindness or the deafness that happens to him. And so what it means is, even if we estimate that your bang was loud enough and strong enough that it's able to cause him to be blind, but still because you didn't touch him, it's called a grama. As the B'raith says, If you scare your friend, You putter because you didn't touch him, but if it causes him a damage through scaring him. When is this? How is this? You, you scream, and, but you're not touching him. You scream, and, and then because of this, he becomes deaf. You're going to be putter. However, if you grab hold of his ear, and you scream into his ear by grabbing hold of him, and then you cause him to be deaf, then for that you're going to be chayv. So here you see the distinction is whether it's a grammar or not, whether you held on to him or not. Toshima, the Gemara brings from another Braise trying to prove this point. The five things that we're talking about in this Pedic that a person has to pay when he injures someone. Right? The five things are Nezek, Tsar, Ripoy, Shevis, and Baishas. All these five things you have to pay. The Bezan estimates what the, the payment for this is. And you give the payment right away. Now, when it comes to the estimation of the medical bills or the fact that this person now is, ah, he can't work because of the, the, the injury and he's, he's, he's sick enough that he can't work, so how do you estimate that? So you estimate, the Bezan has to see how long it's going to take for this person to heal, and that's the, what you pay for the medical bills, and that's what you pay also for the fact that he's unemployed at this time. Now says the Braise, if the Bezan made a certain estimation, and they came up that uh, it's going to take him a week to heal. But nevertheless, this person, after a week, his, his, his the condition deteriorated, and he still wasn't uh, healthy. We only give the payment of how Bezdin, with a doctor obviously, accurately, estimated this in the beginning. The fact that later on his, his body deteriorated, it's probably his negligence or his bad muzzle, something happened to him that's not uh, the fault of the one that damaged him. And say, on the other hand, they estimated it'll take a week for him to heal, and this person, after three days, he's up and around, and he's, he's already doing better. Nevertheless, we give him whatever was estimated in the beginning, that it would take a week. The fact that he's up and around earlier, that's his good mazel. What do we see from all this? Says the Gemara, Shmami, no, I see from here, that I'm estimating when it comes to the payment, we're estimating regarding the payments of the damages, exactly how, uh, how much the injury affected him, till when the healing is going to take, and so on. So the Gemara now understands, just like you 
estimate regarding the payments over here, the same should also be that you should estimate regarding the fist or the object or whatever else it was used to cause the damage. You should estimate that as well, exactly how, whether it can cause the damage or not. So like Mara says, no, these are two different things. We don't compare them. Like can we buy along to, to estimate this person himself? How long is he going to be sick because of this makke, because of this injury? Uh, so, so that that wasn't our shaila bechlal. The dinon. Definitely, we have to estimate to see what the payment would be. Ki can we buy along? What was our whole entire shaila? Lemeimat chafze to estimate the object we used to cause the injury. Whether we have to estimate it to see whether it can cause this damage or not. That was a whole shaila. My, what's the halacha? So finally, after all this, the Gemara brings the opinion of Shimon Atimani that we had before, Toshima, Shimon Atimani, Ma Egreif. The Torah says, especially, Evan Egreif, it says it specifies the fist, just like a fist, Miyuchad, it's unique, Shemosel Eidol Eidem, that not only the Eidem could see this, but you could bring the person into the Bezdin and the Bezdin could estimate this. Avkom, Miyuchad, Shemosel Eidol Eidem, so too, anything that causes damage has to be something that both the Eidem and the Bezdin itself could estimate this. So from Shimon Atimni's opinion, you clearly see, yes, that there is an estimation even for damages. This is a clear ayah. Agmara goes back to a detail that was mentioned in the Braisa before. He said before in the Braisa, the person was estimated of how long he would be sick and the medical bills and how long he would be unemployed. And then he got, he got uh, healed quicker. Nice and like, call Mashamdu, but nevertheless, you still give him all of the payment that was originally estimated. Says the Gemara Messiah, this is a proof for what Rav said about this. Rav said, A person that was estimated that he's going to be sick because of this injury for a whole day. But he was up and around and he was already healed after half a day. The COVID of it, and he's working already after half a day. You still give him the payment for the entire day that they estimated that he would be out of work because the fact that he got healed quicker, so it's, it's a blessing from heaven. It's his mazel, they wish to heal them quicker. But as far as the actual injury is concerned, what the person caused, he caused him to be sick for the entire day. Okay, now going back to what it said in the Mishnah regarding the payment for different kinds of embarrassment. So the Mishnah said, If you spit at someone and the spit reaches his body, so you spit directly on a person's body, and then, um, second, so the of the Mishnah, another case was, that you removed someone's garment in the street. So and that, for that you have to pay the amount the Mishnah said. Omar of Papa, of Papa says about this, The payment of spitting at someone is only if you spit at his body. If you spit at his garment, then you don't have to pay for this. <laughs> so there are some Rishayim that actually say that this is the, what the what Papa is saying over here is, is only when you spit at the person's garment when he's not wearing his garment. But if the person is wearing his garment, then you do have to pay even for the spitting at the garment because he's wearing it. It's like he's spitting at him itself, himself. The Rebbe actually brings us in a Sikhe in this week's parasha, yeah, in Chelek Chafal. The Rebbe brings it to the last Rashi of this week's parasha regarding the fact that he's supposed to build a ramp going up to the Mizbeach and not stairs because the ramp is used by the Kainim. This is the pathway of the Kainim going up. So if you humiliate, you don't treat the, this pathway properly in the way you walk up this ramp, it becomes a certain humiliation for the Kainim that are walking up it. Similar to what the Rishayim say over here, when you spit at a person's garment, it's a certain level of humiliation for the person that's wearing the garment. But the Gemara asks in this, V'nehevi kibiyish bidvarim, 
Why shouldn't this be considered to be like if you offend a person, you embarrass them publicly with words? It can be extremely embarrassing. So just like if you embarrass someone with words, you didn't touch his physical body with their embarrassment, but nevertheless, you should be chayef to pay for that. So over here as well, if you spit at a person's garment, which could be very embarrassing, you should be chayef to pay for that as well. Omri b'marava, so they said in marava, which is an Yisrael, m'shmei rabbi yesi baravin, zoyisei meres, what this halacha that Rav Papa said, this teaches us, if you offend someone, you embarrass someone, you humiliate him in public just with words, the payment of Baishas that the Taita says does not apply. When the Taita writes the payment of Baishas, the Taita says over there the case of the woman that embarrassed a man with a physical action, not with words though. With words, there's no payment of Baishas. This doesn't mean, though, that you're allowed to embarrass someone publicly, chas v'shalom. It's a very, very severe matter. But regarding the payment of the Baishas, though, that doesn't apply. <laughs> Tanakama says that the payment goes according to the level of the prominence of the person, whether, uh, how much you pay. Then afterwards, the Gemara brought an opinion of Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva argues, Rabbi Kiva says, no, all Yidin we treat equally. Right? So the Gemara v'chulu. So the Gemara asks him, this, When the Tanakama was saying what he was saying, that you go according to the honor of the person, was he trying to be lenient about this or more stringent? Kama, is that what he's saying? In other words, the Mishnah first brought a certain shear. The Mishnah brought shiurim, right? The Mishnah said, for example, many of the cases that you pay 400 zuz. One of the cases was you uncover a woman's hair in the street, you pay 400 zuz for that. Then, on that, the Mishnah continues and says, What did he mean? Did he mean lenient, that sometimes you pay less than 400 zuz? Or did he mean stringent, that you pay even more? Zikmar explains now. Do you say, that he meant to be lenient, that there's a poor individual that you pay less than this 400 zuz? Or maybe no, when he says, he was coming to be stringent to say, that there's a rich individual that you have to give actually more than this. And a poor person you give uh, 400 zoos, but a rich person you give more than this. It says the Gemara Tashama, I'll prove this to you from the story that the Gemara brings, the Mishnah brings afterwards from Rabbi Kiva. With the Kama Rabbi Kiva, what does Rabbi Kiva say afterwards in the Mishnah? Even poor people. We look at them to be as free people <coughs> that are rich, that have money, but they lost some of their money. They're not very rich. Because every single year is the same. Every year is Avram, Bnei Avram, Yitzchak, V'yakev. And what did Rav Akiva say in the Mishnah? And that story that happened there. The Mishnah there brings a story that there's a person that uncovered a woman. Rav Akiva said that you pay 400 zuz. Not, uh, not any uh, more than that. Now, if, according to Rav Akiva, if we're going to say that the Tanakhama meant to be Mahmed, the Tanakhama came to say, oh, 400 zuz, that's the minimum. That's for a poor person. But really, for a person that's not poor, you have to pay more than 400 zuz. So then Rabbi Kiva, which is saying that you shouldn't treat every single year as a poor person, Rabbi Kiva should be saying that for every single year you pay more than 400 zuz. Why is Rabbi Kiva saying only 400 zuz? Elamai, it must be, says the Gemara, Shmamino, Tanakama, Lakulakama, Shmamino. What the Tanakama was saying is, no, 400 is the maximum. And therefore, in the story of Rabbi Kiva, he said, you pay that 400. Elamai, the Tanakama came to say that sometimes you pay less than 400. And on that, Avakiva came and argued and says, no, every year deserves the same 400 souls. Shmami no. So this is a riot to this. Here, the story that happened in the Mishnah, that a person uncovered the woman. And then the, the, the Gemara, the Mishnah there says, the person asked Avakiva, give me time to pay. Give me time to pay. As the story there goes on to say that the, the person then wanted to prove that this woman, if you remember the story, that uh, 
he broke a jug of oil in front of her and he showed how she doesn't care to uncover her own hair. But the Gemara asks on this, do we give a person time to pay? We don't give a person time for, for payment. He has to pay right away. Answers the Gemara, when do you give time for payment? Regarding payments where there's an actual loss, a real damage, a loss of money. For that you have to pay right away. But the payment of embarrassment, this is not something which is an actual chesaron of money, for that we give time to pay. So that's what Abakiva gave him time. And the mission went on to say, This person went and proved that she humiliated herself. She uncovered her own hair. So why should I pay for uncovering her hair? So Abakiva said, You said nothing. And then Rabbi Kiva continues saying, when you read the Mishnah, this is all Rabbi Kiva continues and says, This is here, this is what the Gemara is going to stop on. The Mishnah there said, If you're if you in yourself, you're not allowed, but you're Pater. But others that are you have to pay. So Rabbi Kiva told this person, the fact that the woman uncovered her own hair, that that's, she did to herself. But what you do to her, for that you still have to pay. Nothing more asks than this, but for Tanya and Abraisa, we learned Omale Ravakiva. Ravakiva said to this individual something else. You went down into the depths of waters and you tried to prove that you're right, but you brought up a broken earthenware in your hands because you're wrong. Why? You, you proved that she uncovered her own hair. A person is allowed to injure themselves. So the question is, in our Mishnah it's said different. In our Mishnah it says, Rabbi Kiva says, a person is not allowed to injure themselves. If they do it, they're potted, there's nobody to pay. But you're not allowed to injure yourself. In the Braith it says, Rabbi Kiva says, a person is allowed to injure himself. There's no contradiction. When it comes to an actual injury, a person may not injure his, any, his own body. <laughs> That's what it was saying in the Mishnah. In this b'raisa though, when it says a person may injure itself, it doesn't mean a real injury. It means to embarrass yourself. If you want to humiliate yourself, that's something that there's no isr for. Our Mishnah is discussing humiliating oneself. And still it says in the Mishnah, that if you injure yourself, which refers also to humiliation, even though you're not allowed, potter, but still you're potter. In our Mishnah, it's, it's, it is talking about humiliation. It still says you're not allowed. In our mission, you can understand what Abakiva was telling this individual is as follows. Needless to say, if it would be a case of humiliating oneself. You are allowed to humiliate yourself. Even when it comes to injuring oneself. You're not allowed to injure yourself. But still, if you do, you're going to be potter. Others that are going to be chayvul in this person, chayavin, they have to pay. Okay, so that's so, so. Therefore, the Gemara is still sticking to the point that it's saying that a person is not allowed to injure himself. He's allowed to humiliate himself, but he's not allowed to injure himself. And there's no machlekes about this. But the Gemara asks him this still. You're telling me that nobody holds that a person is allowed to injure himself. But in Abraisa, we learned as follows regarding a person that swears that he's going to do something. Yachoyel, I would think nishba A person swears. To do bad for himself. And at this point, the Gemara understands what this means is the person swears that he's going to injure himself. And he did not do it as he swore he's going to do. So I would think he ate Potter, that he should be Potter for not fulfilling what he swore he's going to do. And this is a Shavuaz Shav, he's a Shavuaz Shekhar, he swore falsely. I would think that he should be Potter because you're not allowed to injure yourself. So if you make a Shavuaz to do something that you're not allowed to do, the Shavuaz doesn't take effect. 
But no, says the Gemara, you make a shvu, whether for the negative, whether for the positive. And the Braisa says, just like if you make a shvua to do something that's good for you, so this is of course permissible, so to a shvua to injure yourself is also something which is permissible. And the Braisa says, and therefore this includes a person that says and makes a shvua that he's going to do something bad to himself and he didn't fulfill the shvua, so he, he, he's supposed to fulfill the shvua. Why? Because you're allowed to injure yourself. If would, again, if it would be something that you're not allowed to do, so then your shvua is pointless. You don't have to fulfill it at all. So we see here clearly, the Braisa says you're allowed to injure yourself. So the one answer is that's not what the Braisa meant. It wasn't talking about making sure you're going to injure yourself. Oma Shmuel says Shmuel. What, the, what it means is that to do something that's bad for yourself, what it means is Be'eshev Betainus, that the person is saying, I'm going to fast. Going to fast is something that is uh, going to be a painful for you, but it doesn't mean injuring yourself. That's what's allowed. But everybody holds you're not allowed to injure yourself. But the Gemara asks on this, how can you say this is the Pshat and the Braise? If so, similar, in that Braise, it also talks about if a person makes a Shvue, that he's going to do bad to someone else. And there the Braise says, if you make a Shvue, that you're going to do bad to someone else, that's the kind of Shvue that you don't have to fulfill, because you're not allowed to do bad to another Yid. So, you know, if the Shvue is worthless, you don't have to fulfill it. Does that, does that also mean, that you're making a Shvue, that you're going to make someone else fast? How are you making someone else fast? You can injure someone else, but how are you making them fast? So how could that be the pshat and the b'raise here? So the Gemara says, actually, it is possible. In, yes, the b'raise means, if you lock a person in a room without any food, so you make a shvur that you're not going to give him any food and he won't be able to eat. That's the kind of shvur that the b'raise is saying, that you're not allowed to do that. And therefore, the shvur tells me you don't have to fulfill that shvur. Okay, so the Gemara, again, is still trying to stick to the point that it said before, that you're not allowed, everybody agrees that you're not allowed to injure yourself. Well, the Gemara asks, we learned in another Braise that clearly says, when, when, when we spoke of here about the Shvur, that you say, that you swear that you're going to do something bad to someone else, what kind of a case were we talking about? When a person says, I'm going to hit someone, I'm going to crush his brains. So that, that's the kind of case we're talking about over here. And the same thing when it talk about, talked about doing bad to yourself, it was talking about doing bad to yourself, injuring oneself. And still the bride said, saying that it is allowed. So how can we say that the Pshad and Mishnah, Rabbi Kiva said that it's not allowed. <laughs> so the Gemara after all this says, Ela tanoihi. You're right, it's a machlekes tanoim. <laughs> the Ekel of Amanda Oma, there's one opinion that says, that one may not injure himself. And there's another opinion that says, that a person is allowed to injure himself. This is a machlekes. The Gemara here brings... So this is basically two opinions regarding what Rabbi Kiva's own opinion was, because we brought before the contradiction of the Mishnah and the Braisa, what Rabbi Kiva says. So there's two opinions about this. It says, Who is that Tana that said that Rabbi Kiva holds that you're not allowed to injure oneself? So now the Gemara is going to try to bring a few different sources here. Elaine, if you're going to say, Hi Tana, it's the following Tana here, the Tana you've learned in the Braise, that if a person takes his own life, Hashem says that you're liable for this, I will demand from you, why did you take your life? So just like a person may not take his life, so I will demand from you the fact that you took your life. So the same thing is also, you're not allowed to take your life. You may not injure any limb of your body as well. Says the Gemara, no, we can't compare this. Vidome, maybe I can say, Ketoloshani. A person, God forbid, is it, it commits suicide. That's different. But for one to take his, uh, to, 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 to do any other kind of injury to his body, maybe that is allowed. 
Ela high Tana. Says the Gemara, there's another Tana here. The Tanya, the Braise says, Mekaren Alameis, a person that's mourning the dead and he and he tears his garments, he, he rips Kriya, so that, so you tear the garment. This is not the behavior of the Goyim of the Almighty. This is allowed to be done and it's actually an obligation. But a person that tears his garments, not just one garment, but he tears one garment, another garment, more than what he's supposed to, so then it's baltashkis, you're not allowed to destroy your garments. That's what it says in the Braise. So now the Gemara says, based on this, if you're not allowed to tear your own garments, definitely you're not allowed to harm your own body. Says the Gemara, no, there's no raya. The Dilma, I can tell you, it's actually worse if you tear your garments than injuring your own body. Why? shani, because your garments are different. because this could be uh, you tear your garments in a way that you can't sew it back, and it's it's all garbage. And but but when you a person though has an injury in his body, this could heal later. Therefore, that's different. And the Gemara brings as Rabbi referred to his garments as the ones that give me honor. Right, the garments of a person is, has more chshivs in that sense, even than the person himself. And Rav Chizde, Rav Chizde, when he was walking between thorns, he picked up his garments. He didn't want his garments to get pricked by the thorns and get torn, even though his own skin, his own body, he was getting injured. Ahmad, he said, My body, if I get injured, so that will heal. But if the, the garments I'm wearing, if it gets torn, then I can't fix it. So therefore, we can't prove from what the Braise said regarding not being allowed to tear your garments. Well, Tashkis. Ellis says, The Tana that says, One may not injure his own body, the source is the following Tana here. The Tanya and the Braise we learned, Omer Kapa Berebi. What does it say by a nazir? That the nazir, when he brings his karbonis, he needs a kapara for the sin that he sinned, for his soul. Question is, what's the sin that a nazir has? To be a nazir could be a good thing sometimes. The fact that he's causing this pain, that he's holding himself back now from drinking wine, that's something that Abisha gave wine, should be used to drink, and the fact that he's not drinking wine, that's something you need a kapata for. So now we can learn from If the whole pain here is just not to drink wine, the title refers to him as a chayta. A person that causes pain to himself, Mikol Dovar, when he injures something in his body, now he can't work at all. Allah has come of a comma. Of course, a person is not allowed to injure himself in such a kind of way. And so this is the, uh, this is the source of Allah's Akafa. This is Pascal in Shulchan Aruch. There's a famous thing that al brings this in Shulchan Aruch also, that a person that injures his own body, your body doesn't belong to you. It's the Abish's Kenyan. You are yourself. This is your body. But it, your body belongs to the Abish. Therefore, a person may not injure his own body. Huh? <laughs> okay, so the Kenyan Aguf, the body itself belongs to the Abish. You may not injure your own body. <clears throat> There's actually an interesting letter from the Rebbe that's printed in the Kutta Sichas Chelik Vav and Igris. When you get it to a person that wants to do a work that's going to cause him embarrassment and cause him pain, whether you're allowed or not, the Rebbe brings over there different things about this. One of the things that Rebbe says over there, that it could be totally in the Minigah Medina, that if it's something that's normal, that people do these kinds of work, even though it's painful work or embarrassing work, then you're allowed. But if not, then maybe you're not allowed. It's a, it comes up also when you get to the kind of work that a person does.